morning, everyone, and thank you for tuning in. Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's worthy of all of our praises. Why don't you join me as we sing to him and we give him all of our hearts and all of our praise and all of our worship in Jesus' name. Amen. Glorious, beautiful Son of God, honor and praises be unto the name of the Lord. The King of kings, Lord of lords, majesty, honor and praises be unto the name of the Lord. from heaven sing you are on the throne let your body arise my king for you are in control Jesus you are the hope of the nation Jesus you are the light of the world Jesus 
Lord, in all I do and all I say, may you be worshipped throughout all my day, Jesus. I declare you to be my King, my Lord, my Saviour, my all in all, Jesus Christ. Trust you, Lord. Trust you, Jesus. I've seen you move. Yes, Lord.
I never will forget You've never failed me Yes, Lord. Great is your faithfulness. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for me. Lord, I will always praise you because of who you are. In all circumstances, I give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everybody. <clears throat> Great to be with you again this morning. Welcome to our morning service. Uh, this is day 10 of our lockdown. Uh, almost halfway. We're almost there. I trust that this word this morning will bless you. <clears throat> In December last year, I uh, bought a book called Relentless from John Bevere. And it, it's giving us the power, and he's talking about the power to not give up. And it really just drawn me because, you know, 2019 was a tough year for me. And uh, it was really, at the end of the year, I really needed something to just, uh, you know, boost me. And this book really inspired me. It really inspired me in such an extent that the word grace be just uh, really changed meaning for me. And um, I started the series... Uh, at the church um, called the rule and reign in life uh, and this morning i want to talk about that because i believe as we what we're going to face out there in the coming months um, you know people may think that you know we're not going to get through this how are we going to run our businesses how are we going to you know how's my job going to be affected by this so there's so many questions and so many things that concern people you see, God says He's going to provide for us. Uh, so His provision is not subject to uh, the economy of this world. The Bible doesn't say, you know, when the round is 12, we should be okay. Or the fact that the, uh, the uh, world price needs to be below $30, then God will provide all our needs according to the rand or the dollar. It doesn't work like that. God says He will provide for us. He's the one... We are in his kingdom. And I really believe the message this morning will help you to really just be refreshed and, and focus around what is it that you can do to make a difference. And God has called us to make a difference. God has called us to be an influence in this world. Um, we need to rule in reigning life. And I believe that this morning's message will encourage you, even during this time of lockdown, that God will download fresh ideas in your mind. God will download fresh ways of doing business, fresh ways of handling the, the job that you have, whether you're a teacher, whether you're in the medical field. And it doesn't matter what you do. I believe God wants you to be the best you because of who he made you. So if you can jump into scriptures this morning and I want to start off with Romans 5, verse 17. Um, 
It says, it is true that through the sin of one man, death began to rule because of that one man. He's talking about Adam. But how much greater is the result of what was done by the one man, Jesus Christ? All who receive God's abundant grace and are freely put right with him will rule and reign in life through Christ. You see, because of the sin of, of Adam, everybody sinned. And because of the sin of man, uh, all fall short of the glory of God. So Jesus Christ had to come because man gave the, the authority away. God gave the authority to Adam to rule and reign on earth. Adam gave it away. So as a man had to give it away, Jesus had to come as a man to take it back. And God would not uh, renege on that. And he, he had to use a man to do that. And that's the man of Jesus Christ. But Jesus was both God and man. <clears throat> and what Jesus did on the cross was basically bought back what Adam gave away. He redeemed what Adam gave away. But what he also did was, through his blood, open the way for us to come to the Father so that we can be accepted as sons and daughters in his house. We did that because of the grace of God. Now, grace is a free gift. <clears throat> we were saved by grace, and I think that's universally acceptable. Uh, even the song called Amazing Grace talks about how we came to Christ. But grace didn't stop at when, when we accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior. Through this abundant grace, we now can rule and reign in life. The Bible said that Jesus was full of grace. Now, why do you think Jesus needed grace? Did he sin? No, he didn't need grace to, because of his sin. He needed grace to live out what God has called him to be. All who receive God's abundant grace are put are freely put right with him, will rule and reign in life through Christ. So I believe God has called us to rule and reign in life. And we need to, best, to be the best of who God made us. You see, the Bible says that God has already written our biography. He's already said what we should be. Now we need to walk into what God has called us to be. And I think what God has put in us is so much greater than what we acknowledge or even realize. So many of us are living way below what God has called us to be. Uh, we live a mediocre life, and God has called us to live an exceptional life. I want us to, to carry on, and let's just look at the life of Daniel. I'm looking at Daniel 6, verse 3. It says, Then this Daniel began distinguishing himself among the commissioners and satraps, and he was one of the three commissioners. Because he possessed an extraordinary spirit, and the king planned to appoint him over the entire kingdom. It says here, Daniel distinguished himself. It wasn't God that distinguished Daniel. Daniel distinguished himself. How did he do that? He had an extraordinary spirit. How did he get an extraordinary spirit? Through prayer. Through his relationship with God, and the, through the fact that he was dependent on the Lord, he had an extraordinary spirit. He didn't go around just quoting scriptures to people. His work distinguished himself. In fact, the Bible say that they were 10 times better than all the other leaders. So Daniel distinguished himself, and God is calling us to distinguish ourselves. We need to distinguish ourselves 
because of the extraordinary spirit that's in us. And that, and we'll see it later on as I go on, that you see God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. So see what they say about Daniel in Daniel 1 verse 20. It says, no matter what question the king asked or what problem he raised, these four, including Daniel, knew ten times more than any fortune teller or leader or magician in his whole kingdom. Isn't that amazing? So basically, because of this extraordinary spirit that was in Daniel, Daniel, Daniel extinguished himself, distinguished himself because of his relationship with God. The Bible says he prayed three times a day. He really seek the Lord. Whatever problem, and this is now, they were busy running a kingdom. This is not Bible study and this is just to be nice. He basically was 10 times better than any other leaders. Now you must remember, in those days, the Babylonians were the rulers of the earth. I mean, they were greater than any other nation that's currently on the face of the earth. They ruled the known earth. So there was no kingdom that exists today that was bigger than what Babylonian was at the time, just in, in, in its time. So Daniel, any problem that they threw at him and his friends, they were new 10 times more, not three times, two times, 10 times more. Now that's, that's amazing. Now you think of yourself, can you imagine you walk into your job situation or your business and you know 10 times more than the unbelievers? Wouldn't that distinguish yourself? Wouldn't that put yourself in a different place? I believe that's what God has put in us. And I'm, I'm aspiring to this. I say, Lord, how can I access this? How can I get access to what you have put in me so that we can distinguish ourselves in this world? Even if a recession hits, God will give us ideas. God will give us ways to deal with this thing despite what the economy looks like. So we're not dictated by the economy, we're dictated by the kingdom of God. But look at what Jesus said in Luke 7 verse 28. He says, I tell you, Jesus added, John is greater than anyone who has ever lived. Let's just think about that. So John is greater than Daniel. Now John didn't do you know, from a from a, a world perspective, it didn't seem like he did a, a major thing. But he was the forerunner of Christ. He basically turned the hearts of people. He was the Elijah that was sent to turn the hearts of people towards God. So Jesus saying John is bigger than Daniel. But let's not get stuck there. Look what he's saying here. But the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than John. Can I say it again? But the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than John. So even if you don't think yourself as being high up in the kingdom of God, God is saying that even if you're the least of the kingdom of God, then you're bigger than John, then you're bigger than Daniel. So if Daniel could do this and John could do what he did, how much more what can you do? Now immediately you're thinking to yourself, well, how is this possible? I believe is that because we haven't tapped in to this amazing grace that God has given us. It's like there's a reservoir, you're dying of water, you have a lack of water at your house, but there's a pipeline running past your house, 
and it need, all you need to do is to put a pipe in into that pipeline and you would ex have access to a major reservoir of water and behind the reservoir you know there's a dam in South Africa that would be the Val Dam or the Grootrijk Dam or whatever dam it would be that would feed into a reservoir the reservoir would feed into your house but if you're not linked in to that reservoir you can't tap in to what is available for all the citizens of South Africa. The same applies to the grace of God. We need to tap in to the grace of God. It is available for us. But as how do we tap in? How do we, how do we access this grace that God has put in us? But let's look, continue. In Ephesians 3 verse 20 it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power or grace that works in us. Wow. He says God is able. I think we all agree that God is able. God has put the whole universe together. He still holds it together. So God is able. Now this same God, he says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. So God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think ask or think so what's limiting us the only thing that really limits us is what we ask or what we think maybe we're thinking too small now the bible say you don't get because you don't ask and if you do ask you only ask for your own selfish gain so it's important the way we ask we need to be consistent with what God is saying is not just about ourselves when you ask it's not just to feed your own gratification it is to ask to make an influence to make a difference not only in your own family but in the family of others so God has called us to distinguish ourselves to become different to to actually exceed in life you know there's something about what Jesus, when he spoke to the, the parables that Jesus used, and you know, the one parable he used, he talked about the talents. So he gave talents, one guy got one there, one guy got three, and the other guy got five. And after a while, the master came back and he says, so what did you do with the talents? The guy got five, he says, you know, I worked at it, I multiplied. And he says, well done. So God expects us to multiply. There needs to be a multiplication. So he increased hundredfold, so, or not hundredfold, hundred percent. So he doubled whatever the master gave him. The guy that got three doubled it as well. So then he came to the guy that won. He didn't squander it. He actually didn't use it. He went to bury it. So it's not like he used it up, like some people would eat up their seed. No, he didn't do that. What he did was he protected what he had. He thought he was doing right. And God said he was lazy. The question is, what did God put in you? What are you doing with the talents and things that God is putting in you? God expects of you to multiply. He wants you to increase, make a difference, not just hide it, even just protect it. Because he, he says, then you're lazy. And I really don't think that you want to stand before God one day and he says, you're lazy because you didn't access to what I gave you. So the only thing that limits us is really what we can ask or think. And God wants us to think big, and he wants us to ask big. 
because he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above. Look at Ephesians 1 verse 19. He says, so that you will begin to know what the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power is in us or for us who believe. What is that power that's in us? It's the Holy Spirit. Is there anyone that disagrees with me that the Holy Spirit is unlimited? Is there anything to God for God? Is there anything God can't do? Now that's the same Spirit that's in us. The Spirit of God is in us. It's immeasurable. It's unlimited. Surpassing in greatness. That's the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in us. But it's in us for those that believe. So there's something about what we're believing in. And you can't believe in something you don't know. So then if you, if you don't know what the grace of God is, the grace of God is not just there for you to be saved. It's not just a one-time event. So the grace leads you to repentance. The grace leads you to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord. No. It is there for us to live life. And the Bible says God has given us everything, meaning grace, that pertains to life and godliness. We have everything so that we can live a godly life, a life of influence, a life that whatever God has put in us, that we will be able to multiply it. And that's what God has called us to do. Let's lead, carry on reading. How do we access this, this grace? In Romans 5, verse 1 to 2, it says, Therefore, having been justified by grace, or sorry, by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So that's how we access faith. We access faith or grace by faith. When we first came to the Lord, how did we come to the Lord? We did it by faith. So we access the grace, the free gift of God by faith. The same applies for our daily lives. How do we access it? We access it by faith. We must come to God by faith because our faith pleases God. Amen. So it's important when we face things in life, <clears throat> we say, Lord, how do we do this? We come before him and we access it by faith. And we say, Lord, we want access to the grace of God so that we can do life, so that we can deal with the things that come our way, so we can deal with the problems, that we can deal with the challenges that we face, and that you'll give us, you have given us an extraordinary spirit, the Holy Spirit in us, so that we can distinguish ourselves, so that we can access everything that you've put in us, all the gifts, all the talents, and that we can multiply it. And that's what God expects of us. I want to end this with this scripture in Galatians. Galatians 3 verse 5. I'm reading from the Message Bible. It says, answer this question. This is Paul. Does the God who lavishly provides you with his own presence, his Holy Spirit, working things in your life you could never do for yourself? Does he do these things because of your strenuous moral striving 
or because you trust in him to do them in you. Now, this is, I believe, a key and, and something we need to discover in how we work. I'm not saying I've attained this. I mean, I think sometimes I work without the grace of God. But I really want to work with the grace of God. Because then there's a rhythm of grace. And that's, I think, what we all need to find is what is that rhythm? That rhythm to work where the Lord works, to work as he works, so that it's not because of your strenuous moral striving. So it's not about striving. It's not about just your own effort. But it's about the grace of God working in us. So God has started to work in us and he says you will complete it. How is he going to complete this? He's going to complete it by the grace of God. So the grace of God that's in us is going to allow us, and God is going to allow to work in us, so that he can complete the work that he started in us. I believe that work is for us to become really excellent in what we do. Now, if you're a businessman, you should be able to come up with ideas, novel ideas, whether you're in design, whether you're in IT, whether you're in the medical field, whether you're in the teaching field, it doesn't matter what you do, I believe you should have extraordinary abilities that your work should distinguish yourself. There's something about uh, what we do and how do we approach that in life. Our work, God says, that should distinguish our good works, should show people and it should glorify the Lord. Our work should glorify the Lord. Amen. So I believe that God has called us to live extraordinary lives. You know, in a time like this where we face whatever we face at the moment, and, you know, if you look at all the predictions going forward, you think, Lord, how are we going to get through this? How are we going to make, make things to work? And I believe we should ask the Lord, Lord, I want to tap into the grace of God. Help me to understand the grace of God, first of all, and help me to, to tap into that grace that you've put in me. And we're going to do it by faith. And let allow the God, even in this time, to download to you strategies, download to you ideas, business ideas, way to do your work better, way to deal with problems that other people don't know how to solve. And I believe God wants to distinguish you in whatever you do. I want to put a challenge to you. Go and take Galatians. Take the Message Bible. Even if you don't have it, go and download it and, you know, on, on Google. And go and read it in one sitting from start to finish. And what I find in Galatians, I did it last night actually, and it's, and it's quite amazing how he talks about grace. Because people got all sidetracked that grace, they tried to do things in their own efforts. They tried to fulfill God's plan in their own efforts. And it's a futile exercise. You are wasting your time. That is not what God has called you to do. You need to access it by grace. And I, and I think Paul really just helping the Galatians to come to grips again. Guys, come back to what I told you in the beginning. I told you about grace. That's how you came to Christ. Now, don't try to live this life by rule-keeping. It's not going to work. 
it is going to be through the grace of God. So I believe as you ponder on this message this morning and you think about the weeks and months ahead, I don't want you to be despondent. I really don't believe you should be despondent because what God has put in you is the grace of God. In you is an extraordinary spirit. You can live an extraordinary life. You can distinguish yourself among others. And I believe God is going to multiply whatever you touch, that you will get new ideas, fresh ideas, and how to do your work, and that your work will glorify the Lord. Amen. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for, for tuning in again. Please be reminded to just uh, become a, a part of our uh, uh, YouTube channel. So subscribe to it. Then you'll get all the updates. Uh, and I'm sure as we go forward in the next 11 days, there's 11 days left. We want to continue with these messages of, of, of hope and messages of encouragement. And thank you for watching. Thank you for joining us this morning. God bless you. Amen. Thank you.